You're listening to the Sportsman's Empire Podcast Network brought to you by Full Sneak Gear. Check out their entire lineup at fullsneakgear.com. Also be sure to check out our entire stable of podcasts at sportsmansempire.com. New from Moultrie Mobile, the Feed Hub offers first-of-its-kind cellular connection and control for nearly any spin cast feeder on the market. When used with the Moultrie Mobile app, you can monitor feed and battery levels, run feeders on demand, receive alerts when feeders are clogged, and remotely adjust feeding times. The Feed Hub is ideal for anyone who maintains feeders. Remove the guesswork and save time by planning feeder maintenance before you drive to your hunting property. For more information, visit MoultrieMobile.com. You're listening to the Sportsman's Nation Podcast Network brought to you by Interstate Batteries. From your truck to your trail camera and everything in between, if you have a piece of hunting gear or a piece of hunting equipment that needs a battery, Interstate Batteries has got you covered. You can go to a local retail store. Or you can go visit online at interstatebatteries.com. They have thousands of local retail shops all over the U.S., so you can go there as well. Interstate Batteries, outrageously dependable. Welcome to the Land and Legacy Podcast. We're your hosts, Adam Keith. And Matt Dye. This is your number one resource for all things land. If you're interested in conservation, habitat management, hunting strategy, and rural real estate, this is the podcast for you. All right, guys, welcome back. We're here. Um, We're here. It's a great time to be alive, ain't it? Good, good time. There's a lot of awesome things that are just happening. Um, Guys, we have you to thank for that, for sure, in the, let's say, realm of Land Legacy. We've got some cool things that we're working on behind the scenes that we will be, let's say, releasing before the beginning of the year. We hope. Yeah, that are going to be some awesome additions to what we can do and what we can offer so before we get there we're to keep it hush hush and work on it fine tune it um but be ready and watching and listening for that but another good reason to be alive today is it's a late october that's right Woo-wee. it is october this is releasing on i don't know the 28th or the 29th 29th i think and uh who wouldn't what deer hunter wouldn't want to be alive on october 29th I don't know. Or October thirtieth, or check Halloween, your pulse. or Halloween. I, I, uh, I, I will say a quick story. Um, so my daughter will be; she'll be eleven months old in two weeks on on the eighth of November, and uh, it's insane to me. But this is her first Halloween. And my wife's like, "What are we going to dress her up as?" And I'm just thinking, "Oh, we'll do this." And then it struck me, "Oh my." goodness i might not be able to hunt on halloween night and then it hit me again and i looked at the weather and i'm like it's okay it's supposed to rain anyway yeah yeah so but it was the first time i was like i might not get to hunt on halloween oh my god what have i done um but i wouldn't trade it for anything you in the world so at, get, at, at get the it. same time i don't i don't even care you've created a monster yeah do you get it's it like do you like that joke? yeah it's funny joke yeah it's it's create insane but so it's October 29th, maybe if you're listening, maybe the 30th or Halloween day, who knows. Um, and it's just a great time to be a deer hunter. So we're going to give you guys some updates, some strategies, some talk about habitat, 
uh, and how we're hunting around the habitat. Not necessarily, if you want to hear us ramble for a habitat, go over to the other podcast. This one is hunting, hunting strategies. Um, man, last week we updated them on the, the, the miss. Yep, the, the, hunt, the, hunt, the hunt for donuts. The hunt for donuts. Really not that upset about it. Um, guys, you go and watch the video on our YouTube channel. Please subscribe. Watch the video. It'd mean the world to us. Land and Legacy on YouTube. Um, missed it. You can see how low light it was. Boy, it was it was very low light. But uh, you know, it was a thing that we just we had to do it. It, it was uh, it was do or die. It was it was time to take the shot or set back and hope that he doesn't end up working under the stand or downwind of us and and blow out of there. So took the shot, missed him. Didn't really even spook him that bad. We've got pictures of him. Um, all over the property still. He's still around. Um, looking good. Looking and, fine. <laughs> and, and it looks really nice. I would and, say uh, comment on the video what you think the deer may score. Not that it truly matters, but we've racked our brains quite a bit. Just kind of like, what do you think the thing scores? Because really, there's not deer typically like this in southern Missouri. That's why That's why and, I want to know the score. Yeah, because it's, it's like, like it's kind of like a it, honestly, it's more of a it's not like a it's a more of a benchmark of from a habitat land improvement standpoint than it is from a harvesting standpoint. The yeah. deer the deer's uh, you know five and a half years of age. That's awesome, but it's not like oh because he's now a hundred and seventy five inch deer now it makes him more cool. No, I mean he, yeah. he's he's a great deer regardless of of whatever. Takes the same skill to kill him at five and a half if he had one hundred and thirty inches on his head. That that doesn't that doesn't matter. I just want to know from like a habitat standpoint. Uh, where's that like kind of benchmark of, of this deer in, as an individual, not as an overall population? Like, what is he at right now? Because that's what we would determine. And okay, I w- and I would future. love to know. Just as importantly, I'd love to know what he weighs oh when we get gosh, him killed. Because yeah. yeah. he's got a tank of a body. Yep. the body's just as as impressive as the antlers. Yeah, it sure. And sure is. it's like, my goodness, he's had some good groceries. Mm-hmm. And uh, tasty know, natives. So yeah, <laughs> he sure is eating that early successional plant <laughs> communities. Yeah, um, he's tiring into it. The thing about donuts is he's he's impressive, but our strategy with him has always been. We're, I don't even know what to coin the way we hunt is a conservative, conservative aggressive because it's, it's like we set back almost like timing and looking and going, okay, we're conservative. We're playing it safe. We're playing it safe. And then it's like it's time to strike because we're, we're hunting really three guys, myself, Matt, and my brother, are hunting this property from September 15th to January 15th. It's the main place we hunt. We don't really, we we may go hunt public ground. We may go hunt some a few other farms, but really, we enjoy the challenge of hunting our own farm, and so we have to play it conservative. We don't get aggressive because if we blew in and we we're like, let's go hunt him September fifteenth, it wouldn't take long to push him onto the neighbor, send him nocturnal. I mean, we've been hunting this deer since season opened up. And he's still moving during daylight. Uh, I, I think it's important to say hunting him sparingly. Yes. On the right days, on the right conditions, being being extremely conservative of he's in this area and uh, there's a wind that's blowing in that area, 
we let's ain't not doing go it. in there. Because guess what? We know from, again, the history of this deer and the way that deer move on the property that when October 29th and on, when it gets here on a calendar, the place changes, and that's the switch from us being aggressive. Because we're not aggressive until the deer move aggressively. When they're on their feet, that's when you need to be in a tree. That's when they're covering the most ground. If they're covering the most ground during that time frame, that increases the odds of your success tenfold. And not that they throw caution to the wind, but they just that's not as big of a deal as it is during October when they're just moving sparingly, taking their sweet time. They don't have anything else besides just maybe some groceries on their mind. But when deer move aggressively and they have their nose on the ground, chasing does that's when we're in there that's right that's when we put a little bit more of a you know what let's 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 get to that stand let's let's punch in there there's places on the farm right now that we could go to and hunt and hunt very successfully but and have some probably some awesome encounters with some other really good deer but the chances still are better for us to get in there and be way more successful even though they're daylighting on camera a lot our chances are still better in November and a lot of times I think people say oh well they can be anywhere and everywhere during those times and it's like yeah that's the case however our habitat in certain areas are improved and we know that that's where they're going to spend their time yeah. It's not like it's just this complete free-for-all throughout all 600 acres. It's, no, they're going to move a lot, but they're going to move a lot in these areas. Mm-hmm. And so that's when you get aggressive, when even though they're on their feet a lot more, they're on their feet in the areas that we know where they're on their feet at. Yeah, and, and I think that comes back with a lot of our audience are private land hunters, are private land owners. Um, they're looking to improve habitat, but at the same time, they're improving habitat because they enjoy the hunting and they want to have better hunts. Yeah. Um, and I think, uh, so an update on where our deer are as far as pre-rut, full rut, whatever it is. Um, <coughs> our deer are very much, the young bucks are really scraping. Mature deer are scraping some, checking scrapes. They're doing a lot of checking of scrapes. I'd there's say. not a lo- there's a bunch of deer right there. Um, there's not a whole lot of chasing on camera. the The does that we have on camera are getting nudged, but they're getting nudged by year and a half old bucks. Yeah, the, two and a half get, year old bucks. They'll get a and nose. They're getting that nose. Nose right up behind them, and then they kind of take a few bounces, and that's it. That's it. There's not a whole lot of the does run in front of camera, and then a and then a buck right behind them. It's more of a kind of a check them, see if they're if they're any close. Okay, nope, that's fine. The doe just kind of bounces a little bit, and she's fine. Um, That's where we're at. You don't see a whole lot of full fledged chasing, but knowing that the the cold front that's coming. Um, the next big front. We know that it's probably going to be between that, the timing of the year, it's all setting up to be instead of a kind of a trickle 
it seems like where you get a lot of really good chasing and then it kind of warms up. It's setting up to where it feels like it's going to be two weeks of hardcore or a week of hardcore. And Matt and I are going to have to talk to our bosses or our boss. Oh, that's us. <laughs> um, except for our wives. <laughs> I was like, um, minus the wife situation. Um, we're going to be in the stand as much as we can once this cold front hits because we feel like it's going to bust open. Yeah. And it's not something that's like, man, there's a cold front. Like, I think there's some times where we could have looked at it and said, you know what? It's a heck of a cold front. Let's bust in there and hunt some of our stands that, that we said we wanted to save till November. Um, it's more like no, because even though it is a cold front, and we've had him on camera. It's still October 20th or 18th or whatever. Um, and so, or take our saddles and go in and hunt some of the saddles yeah. and ridges uh, or sways in the ridges. We are definitely watching the, the herd and going, okay, they're close, but it's only yearlings and young and two-and-a-half-year-old bucks that are really doing a lot of the nudging right now. The big boys are still just checking scrapes moving a lot at dark we don't see a lot of them working scrapes moving through bottlenecks and that's really i guess one of our biggest observation standpoints is keeping our keeping our cameras in bottlenecks of ridges or bottlenecks on the farm to where um if a deer is moving during on day, daylight we're probably going to get them on camera and so we run the the cutty link system uh, that's kind of our, our eyes on the farm when we're not there. And uh, we aren't getting those daylight 8, 8.30 scrape checks um, that we'll get uh, a little bit later on. And so right now we're looking going, they're just not doing it quite enough for us to get real excited to jump into the heart of the property. The aggressiveness, yeah, has, has not come from, from our end. And, and we base that solely on... What are the deer doing? And until they start making it worth their while, and, and sometimes it's like, that gum, I'm seeing, let's just say social media, a lot of deer getting killed. Um, and no, trail cameras don't tell us, as we've talked in the past, they don't tell us everything we need to know, but they do read the temperature of the, the deer herd in your area very, very well. And so we're using that as a tool to tell us when it is time to get in there and when it's time to strike. So I think that is a big, big deal. It's not just, okay, when is when is the free time? Because like we've talked about on the podcast, we've been traveling through October a lot. And, and, and so our days, let's say, in the field have been numbered. And even when they we've been available to go, not every time results in, yeah, let's get in the stand because it's just – where do you hunt where you're not having a negative impact and we want to minimize that negative impact during the times when the deer just your chances are lower yeah absolutely. it's just not, it's not it's not worth it but i guess going into okay let's break down after this podcast airs what is the weather for the next couple of days i haven't looked into the following week but just the first the last two or three days of October and the first couple days into November are from a whitetail hunter's mind ideal. We, yeah. We've got north northwest winds, northeast I think one day, and mm, lows. I know where we're going. Yeah, lows in the um, 
mid, I mean, excuse me, there was highs in the mid 40s as a high for a couple days. There's one day I saw it was like 27 or 28. 25. Oh, is one, one That was yesterday. 25 as one of the lows. A chance per, uh, of snow that morning. It's like, that is just nuts. But we're anticipating that that plus the timing of the year is really what's going to flip that switch and get a lot of deer just moving, moving like, like we have been waiting for basically and what is it but what does that mean though from you know a standpoint of hunting like where are those locations that we're going to be at um they're the old trusty rusty spots where where deer just normally go during the rut and it's based on the habitat and the terrain features that are present on the landscape absolutely Some, some naturally occurring and some that we've done so, you know, that's kind of where we're at. Now let's look about where we're going to be. And so later on this week, we're gonna we're on a consulting trip right now. If you listen to the other podcasts, you'll know what kind of a little bit about it. But um, we're on a consulting trip. We get back tomorrow, the 28th. Yep. And uh, this podcast is airing on the 29th. Um, and Which we have a big front. It looks like rain Tuesday night. All day Wednesday yeah. into Thursday morning, possibly. Um, so right after that rain pushes through, the temperatures fall, and that's when we're going to be in a tree stand. Um, and really, Tuesday, the front end of that rain could be really good, too. It could be really good because it's supposed to be low temps on Tuesday. I want to say it was about a high of 48 on Tuesday. So this temperatures are getting cooler, and then they're going to drop after the rain. Um, and we're going to be in a stand as much as possible. Knowing how deer work and move through the property and what they're looking for is a big part of our hunting strategy. As we mentioned, there's going to be, there's already does getting bumped by young bucks. They're not getting chased by mature deer yet. Um, They're just getting bumped. And by bumped, it's just like we said, they go a few feet and that's it. Here in the next few days or week, you'll start seeing more of the long chases. And those long chases, even though the does aren't receptive, they're still getting chased. And they're trying to get rid of those young bucks. In the process of that, you'll see a lot of does that were active on food plots. Big groups of family groups of does and and young ones, fawns and yearlings. You won't see those as much on food plots. Correct. You'll still see some, but you won't see the big numbers that you are seeing. Which is why it's super important from a trail camera observation-wise to, to read the temperature of the rut. As if you have trail cameras just on food plots, when you see when you see activity on the food plot decrease during this time of the year, you know they're getting pushed and getting ran out of the boundaries of that food plot. Yeah. So that's why we choose to put them on the areas of bottlenecks, high traffic areas, where those deer are going to be pushing, having those chases, so we can really observe that. And when they leave the food plots, a lot of activity starts keying in on the cover. Yeah. And so that's where we implement bedding thickets or clear cuts or wildlife openings, whatever you guys call them. It's basically one to two acre clear cuts. That's what we do. But if your property is a managed timber chunk, uh, you may have to key in on a 50-acre clear cut. Um, you you need to find the thickest cover, the best cover in your area. 
and finding that cover is where you can generally find those does because they're trying to avoid bucks. Yeah, that, that they're cover, trying to hide. That cover can look like a managed clear cut. Uh, it can look like an old field. It can look like a uh, it could be CRP old, old pasture. It can look like yeah CRP. It can look in some areas. It can look like a cedar thicket. Uh, I, th- I knew you were going to say. It. I was going <laughs> to say. So my follow up to that is, if they're going into the cedar thicket, that's that's your best cover in the neighborhood. Correct. Correct. You need to find the best cover in your neighborhood, and that's why it's so easy for you know, for the habitat guys. If you listen to that podcast and you're coming to this one, is generally speaking, a lot of adequate good cover is missing on a lot of landscapes. So if you create that on your own place, boy, oh boy, you've just created the destination for the deer during our favorite time of the year to hunt. Uh, and, and here's another good, good point to remember. If you are the guy and you've got a lot of hunters in your area and you're like, ah, oh, there's not getting older age class deer. If you have that cover that will hold deer during the rut, pre-rut chase phase when deer are most susceptible to getting shot, whether it's a lot of bow hunters, maybe muzzleloader comes in in your area, or it leads right into gun season. If you have that cover, you then are the one in your area who is predicting a lot more of the of which deer make it onto next year than anybody else. If you're holding them the majority of those deer because you have the best cover, you're the guy in your neighborhood who has the biggest, let's say, uh, influence on the age structure in an area. So don't go blaming all your neighbors. They don't have much of uh, cover on their place. Like, oh, he's shooting everything. Well, yeah, but you have a bigger influence than him during that time of the year. Yeah. Because that's where the deer are going to be. And and that's exactly what our strategy has been the last several years, ever since ever since we started I, keying in on and seeing this phenomenon or this trend every every late october early november is like man it's just just a natural when we're hunting wide open river bottoms of kansas and all the does are going to these little or these big mulberry tops mulberry tops tops or cottonwood tops laying in the middle of wide open bottom ground and they're hiding in them all morning huh let's replicate that um every guy down south i know has hunted clear cuts or small Uh, and it may be a clear cut that could be just cut and had one year growth, or it could be uh, pines were planted five years ago and they just haven't grown up enough to where filled in. Uh, they still- filled in. And so you have a lot of that understory early successional growth. Um, there's a big window in there, but a lot of people have hunted clear cuts during the rut, and this is a great way to create them on your own place by just cutting for an afternoon and cutting out a half an acre. Absolutely. Um, you know, four, four, three, four years ago, I shot a buck by the name of Sticker 8 in a clear cut or in a bedding thicket that we cut in. Not technically a clear cut because there were still some good trees, but we created the best cover in that area, and that's where that buck was at, October 22nd um, or 23rd. I don't remember. Something like that. And then last year, I shot a buck going to a clear cut through a saddle, so a bottleneck and a ridge. Going to it on November the 2nd. November 3rd, you shot one right out of the same stand I shot the one out of three years ago in a bedding thicket. It was and he cruising, was cruising hardcore downwind 
of the betting thicket, came into a, a grunt call. But just that that's the most important thing there from that hunt to take away is that deer was definitely cruising. You could see from his activity, spot him through the timber. He was cruising, grunted at him, grunted at him, didn't seem to have much of a response. But the path in which he took to get to the tree made total sense of what a deer should be doing at that time frame. And that was move downwind of the bedding area and boom, come to 18 yards and there's the done deal. Yeah. But it just makes total sense. That's what deer do. And it doesn't matter necessarily the 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 temperature it doesn't necessarily matter i know it doesn't matter the let's say the moon that's just what deer do during this time of the year every single year and and it's something that we can bank on it's something that we can make property plans on and manage around that if we want to have that carrying capacity and that attractiveness during the most influential time of the year for deer we need to create that type of cover and that cover again it might not be in, in, in Kansas, it may be letting uh, or, or planting plum thickets or might be planting or, or making sure that there's, um, in, in, the, in drainages, there's adequate woody cover. Um, in, let's say, Minnesota, southern Minnesota, you've got swamps that you're not going into um, with alders and tamaracks that you're just managing for security, thick, dense cover and that's what they're going to do every single year you can bank on it you can whatever you want i don't know but that's just what's going to happen and occur and so that's where we are going to be hunting these next couple weeks hard yep hardcore and and and, and that's the other thing too is the trail cameras at this time of the year all that you really should be taking from them is okay reading the temperature and then which deer are in what areas and then i know this region that the deer is working it's not a territory it's nothing like that but if that deer is in that region and i know specifically what cover he's going to be working the best or the most frequenting and i'm going to hunt that cover or i'm going to hunt that bottleneck as tightly as i can and as safely as i can with the approaching wind directions the next couple days that are forecasted I want to be there because that's the region. That's the influence that he's going to have on that area. Finding the does in the thick cover. That's right. Period. End of story. It's like it's it's simple. I, I think that there's so much emphasis. How many articles have you read about the rut and the timing of the rut and all this stuff? It doesn't really matter the timing of it. Just know that's going to happen because fawns get born every single year. And it's typically this window. And when you're seeing it right get to the right places and you will find success each and every year absolutely i'm going to read something that that meme that i sent to you earlier that cracked oh, me oh, yeah, up it's yeah. the guys from what was that show called the motorcycle hot, hot rod uh no it was uh american chopper wasn't yeah, it? yeah 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 and, and the dad so, and the son that yeah always says the dad says the rut is on and and the son says it's too early it's in november every year and he says bucks are chasing toes <laughs> says that's normal pre-rut it's always in november to ensure fawn survive <laughs> and then he throws the chair at him and, yeah. and he says it's cold out and deer can't read calendars <laughs> <laughs> but it's always in yeah. the same time every year yep. and uh and so we're hunting pre-rut but it's it's definitely a time of the year to get in the woods 
and enjoy the amazing transition from uh, leaf color, um, the chase, and just a breath of fresh air after the first couple of frosts. There's no more ticks or bugs, hopefully, and uh, you're just enjoying God's creation. It's a beautiful time to be in the woods, one, just from that sitting back and watching all these oaks change and, and the maples, the hickory. Uh, it, it, I love it. I love it when you hear those leaves starting to really crunch. Um, that is that is the fun <laughs> part. There's so much anticipation to be a bow hunter, to be a deer hunter. It doesn't matter if you're a bow hunter. Shoot, you can be a muzzleloader hunter. And I think uh, this Saturday muzzleloader season comes in in uh, Virginia. Uh, muzzleloader's already been open in Arkansas. And just a great time to be out, but if you want to find success, you have to understand just the behavior in which deer are going to be operating in and under this window. Same thing. It's no different from early season. What attracts deer during early season? It's food. Find the food source, and you're going to be successful. This time of year, find the cover because they're going to be in and around thick cover. For sure. Well, guys, hopefully uh, you're going to get out, get to hunt some. And um, I know Matt and I are. Oh, yeah. Stay followed up, following up on our YouTube channel. We're putting more and more videos on there. Um, and, uh, of course, podcasts, please leave us a review. A uh, lot of new hats, hat yes. options. We yep. got a new another hat coming. Um, more after that, but we got another one coming before the end of the year. Um, and then also... Recommend us on Facebook. would be much appreciated. Thanks, guys. We'll catch you next week. We'll see you.